0: الله Today we read about the fifth archetype um, of suluk uh, of the drivers of suluk from the ancient mashayikh. these are all names that are pretty universally celebrated uh, amongst the uh, mashayikh in the history of islam uh, these are not people who are like fringe type people uh, you'll find if you don't believe me go look all of them up in the uh Uh, in the Seer al-A'lam of Imam al Imam al was a muhadith, and uh, he feels free to say things about wayward Sufis when they need to be said, and uh, he's definitely not like a blind adherent, but you'll see that these people's names are all uh, um, very celebrated and very important names in our uh, in our history as a civilization uh, and in our, our spiritual history and on our intellectual history as well. Because um, the treading of this path to Allah Ta'ala opens up with the heart, uh, opens up certain things in the mind as well. That People think about things that other people don't think about. And they're very unique contributions to human civilization. Not just to the Ummah, but to human civilization as well. And ones that are then copied and appropriated by other people as well. So the fifth archetype is uh, uh, that of the Nouris. Uh, they are the followers of Abul Hassan Ahmad bin Muhammad al-Nuri, one of the most eminent and illustrious Sufi uh, uh, scholars. The principle of his doctrine in regards to tasawwuf is uh, um, the superiority of faqr, of poverty. And matters of conduct, he agrees with Junaid. So he's not a person of... Intoxication, but he's one of sobriety. It is a peculiarity of his path that companionship or suhba, he prefers the claim of his companion to that over himself and holds companionship without ithar, without preference of your companion over yourself, to be unlawful. That a person needs to be amongst like minded people, and the adab of that companionship is what? Is that you prefer your friend over yourself. Otherwise, that companionship, he holds it to be unlawful. Meaning what? That there's no, you're not getting any benefit. You're making a fool of yourself out of it. This is really important in the time and the age we live in. We live in a a time and age where people spend time with one another. But there's no actual sohbah. There's no love between them. They split checks and they loan each other money. Nobody helps one another. Nobody prefers their brother over themselves. And there's a great secret of it. This is actually a driver of saluk. This is not just some sort of like peace and love, like bunny rabbit, hippie camp uh, type of uh, uh, doctrine. Rather, we, this chapter is a very interesting chapter, and he'll explain how this is a, 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 a very important part of the deen, in fact. He also holds that companionship, companionship is obligatory on the dervishes. The, the, the word dervish is a Persian word. It means the person, the salik, the person who's on the spiritual path to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He holds companionship is obligatory on the dervishes and that retirement or uzla is not praiseworthy, meaning staying away from the companionship of people and just being alone. And that everyone is bound to prefer his companion over himself. It is related that he said, beware of of retirement, meaning beware of being alone and staying away from company. For it is a connection with Satan. Hold fast to companionship, for therein lies the satisfaction of Ar-Rahman, the merciful God. Now I'll explain the true uh, nature of preference of one's uh, companion over oneself. When I come to the chapter on companionship and retirement, I will set forth the mysteries of the subject in order to make it um, generally more instructive. So it's a discourse on Ithar, on preference of others over oneself. And Allah Ta'ala Most High in his book said, And they prefer uh, them to themselves, although they themselves may be uh, indigent. So he talks about the... Ansar in the Surah Al-Hashr به... That they preferred the Muhajirin over themselves even though dire poverty was their, their lot. Uh, this verse is revealed connect, uh, in connection to the poor of the companions in particular. The true nature of preference consists in maintaining the rights of the person with whom one associates and in subordinating one's own interest to the interest of one's friends, and in taking trouble upon oneself for the sake of pr- pr- uh, promoting uh, their happiness. Because preference is the rendering of help to others, and putting into practice that which God commanded to his apostle, mm-hmm. sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, mm-hmm. uh, use indulgence and command to that which is just and turn away from the uh, 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 ignorant. خذ <laughs> <Right? laughs> not the me, Hamza. This will be explained more fully in the chapter uh, with regards to the rules on companionship. Uh, now, preference or ithar is of two kinds. First, in companionship, as has been mentioned, and second, in love. In preferring the compa- claim of one's companion, there is a sort of trouble and effort. But in preferring the claim of one's beloved, there is nothing but pleasure and delight. It is well known that when Ghulam al-Khalil persecuted the Sufis... So Ghulam khalil is an interesting person. He's, his tabaqa, he's a, his, his biographical entry is there in the Surah al-A'lam of Habi as well. He was a muhadith uh, uh, during the, uh, the golden age of the Abbasid Caliphate, when most of these classical... Uh, figures of Tasawwuf, uh, uh, Junaid and Nuri, and all these people are alive. taala, and he was like the hater, anti-Sufi hater. He 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 was a he was a very learned person. But he would go to weird extremes like, you know, claiming that there's, you know, to say that Allah Ta'ala loves his, you know, Allah Ta'ala has love for his creation or this and that is uh, all nonsense and bakwas. And he had these kind of weird doctrines. I don't know what happened. Maybe he's a grifter who was just trying to make a name for himself. Maybe some, you know, annoying marid like just made his to-do list or something happened or another. He completely snapped and he's like, "All all these Sufis, they're all just a bunch of kafirs. And no, seriously, like, and because of his uh um prolific amount of learning um he got the ear of the khalifa at some point or another like i said these are all celebrated people like nuri and and junaid you, you won't even find you won't find ibn taymiyah saying bad about them. you won't find people later on saying bad about them but this is something i think it's connected with it's a reality it's connected with what we discussed before on the chapter on blame that always the righteous always allah ta'ala has some people or another in the creation that are there to test these people um, and that's kind of, that is always how it's been. So this Ghulam Khalil is, is, is this guy. Uh, he urged the Khalifa to put them all to death, saying that they were zanadiqa, that they were heretics, and that the Khalifa gave orders for their execution because of this. When the executioner approached Raqqam, uh, 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 Nuri rose up and offered himself in Raqqam's place with the utmost of cheerfulness and uh, submission. The spectators were all astounded. The executioner said, Oh, young man, the sword is not a thing that people desire to meet so eagerly as you have welcomed it. Your turn hasn't arrived yet. Nuri answered, uh, uh, Yes, but my, uh, my way is founded on ethad, on pre- preferring others over myself. And life is the most precious thing in the world. So I wish to sacrifice uh, for my brethren's sake for the few moments that remain. Because I hold that one moment in this world is better than a thousand years of the next world. Because this world is a place of service, and the next, and a, a place of service and proximity Qurba to Allah Taala. And the proximity is only gained through service. I Meaning, you can only move up the ranks in this world. You can't do it in the next. Um, and so, again, one of those one hundred percent. Like I mentioned, when we started reading, there is going to be a lot of stuff in this book that you are going to be like, "What is that?" Right? Don't try this at home. By all means, don't don't try this at home. But, you know, when they said stuff like, I hold companionship to be necessary for the Salik, but companionship without preferring your companion over yourself, I hold it to be unlawful. Like, they actually meant it. They weren't joking around when they said stuff like that. They are like, sincere and real people. So the, the, the executioner, he puts himself in front of the executioner, and uh, he says what he says. The tenderness of Nuri and the fineness of his sayings astonished the Khalifa. To such a degree that he suspended the execution of the three of them and charged the chief Qadi Abul Abbas uh, ibn Ali to inquire into their matter further. Uh, The Qadi having taken them to his house and questioning them concerning the ordinances of uh, the Sharia and the Uh, Hafiqah, he found them to be perfect in their state and felt remorse uh, for his uh, previous indifference to their fate. Nuri said Al-Qadi, though you have asked me all these questions, because he asked him, like, you know, like, what's your belief? He gave him the aqidah test, right? He goes, even though you asked me about all of these questions, you have not asked me anything about uh, what the actual point is. Uh, For God has servants uh, who eat through him and drink through him and sit through him and live through him and abide in contemplation of him so much uh, with such intensity that if they were cut off from contemplating him, they would cry out in anguish. Meaning what? You asked all the aqidah tests, but you didn't ask what the point of being alive is, which is the the dhikr of Allah Ta'ala, to keep it alive inside of your heart. Maqadi was amazed at the subtlety of his speech and the soundness of his state, and he wrote to the Khalifa that if the Sufis are heretics, then who is left in this world who is actually muahid, who is actually a person who worships one Allah. The Khalifa called them to his presence thereafter and said, ask whatever you want, I'll give it to you. Ask whatever treasure you want from me and I'll give it to you. They all replied, the only uh, treasure we ask is that you should forget about us and make us neither your favorites nor banish us from your court. We don't want to be your best friend. We're not trying to be your enemy either. Just like, let us go. Uh, um, For your favor and displeasure are alike to us. Uh, And the Khalifa is said to have wept and then uh, uh, to have uh, dismissed them with honor. Now there's a story that was, uh, I, I believe uh, we read before as well, in the uh, uh, Tariq Mashakhid Chisht of Hazrat Shaykh Zakariya. Um, by the way, regarding this previous anecdote, there's always going to be haters. Every, every, every generation of ulama, anyone who speaks the haqq and says the truth, will always be haters. And just remember that, that you'll hear something about somebody, it's up, up to you to, to investigate. Is this like uh, something really to hate on somebody about, or is it just the sunnah of Allah Ta'ala? Some people who are actually bad will say, oh, look, they're hating on us because, you know, this is the sunnah of Allah for all good people that they're going to have some haters. It's like, no, dude, you actually, like, I don't, like, like, <laughs> robbed elementary school or whatever. Like, no. But then there are going to be people who people who are accused of things and all it is is just this. Uh, this is the sunnah of Allah Ta'ala. This is how he tests his awliya. It's related that nafi'ah. Uh, 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 the, the great imam of the tabi'een and the uh, uh, freed slave of Sayyidina Abdullah bin Umar it's related that Nafi' said Ibn Umar once desired to eat a fish. Obviously, You're not going to fish every day right? So he desired to eat fish. Uh, so he said I sought through town I knew that he wanted to have fish when he hadn't had, had it for a very long time. So I went through the town and did not find one until several days had passed. Having procured it, I gave orders that it should be placed on a cake of bread, on nice bread, and presented to him. I noticed an expression of joy on his face when he received it, but suddenly a beggar came to the door of his house, and he ordered that the fish be given to him. Uh, The servant said, O master, you have been desiring a fish for several days. Let's give the beggar something else. There's other things in the house that we can give. Ibn Umar replied to Nafi, he said, this fish is unlawful to me, for I have put, out my, put it out of my mind on account of the tradition which I heard from the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Whoever feels a desire and repels it and prefers another to himself, he shall be forgiven. The author uh, then continues, he says, I've read in the anecdotes of the Mashaykh that 10 dervishes lost their way in the desert once and were overtaken by thirst. They had only one cup of water uh, and prefer everyone preferred the claim of uh, the others over himself, so that none would drink, and they all died except for one who then drank it and found the strength to escape from his situation. Some person said to him, "Had you not drunk it, it would have been better." He replied, "The sacred law obliged me to drink because if I had not, I would have killed myself and been punished on that account." Another then said, "Then did your friends kill yourself? Kill themselves?" He said, "No." They refused to drink in order that their companions might drink, but when I alone survived, I was legally obligated to drink. This is this is this is again the idea that the 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 people who are the true people of suluk they're not like out of their mind. These principles have parameters within which within which they operate, and those parameters are the sacred law. Nicholson here is acts kind of like a hater because he then cuts out. Two incidences from the life of the Prophet وسلم, and he just makes a footnote that he just cuts them out. There's actually a very long chapter in this book about the, uh, like a kind of a Sufic analysis of the Sirah. He cuts that out as well. And uh, you know, one of the things is that this old school group of Mustachianikin that really learned Arabic properly and really learned Persian properly and really were deep into the, like uh, into in, into this. The study that they were trying to learn. Many of them actually having faked conversions and lived with Muslims for like years, if not decades, in order to really know things inside out. Some of them have made Hajj, some of them have prayed Jummah for years on end, etc. And they weren't late, they prayed their sunnahs, unlike. anyhow, right? They really got into it, real deep to understand it. But there's this thing inside of them, this teqabur, this arrogance, that they couldn't accept the fact that these like dirty, swarthy, dark people somehow have something that we don't have. And so they, you can tell that the, the, the amount of reverence with which these, this translation or translations like it are written... Uh, the amount of exactness, there's a type of respect for it, but somehow or another, they, you, you see the haterism come out from time to time. So his haterism is there. He always cuts out the things about the Prophet wa sallam, and about the companions. So he writes a footnote. He says, Here follows two stories illustrating the two topics, which he doesn't bother to, to write. The first relates to how Ali anhu, slept in the bed of the Prophet wa sallam, on the night of Hijrah. Meaning what? He preferred that he should take the assassination of the assassins. Uh, rather than uh, uh, rather than the rasul sallallahu alaihi and uh, the second is uh, uh, and he wasn't he wasn't killed he was protected he, he 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 made it out alive alhamdulillah mashallah and the second is on the battlefield of uhud uh, when the wounded uh, mujahideen parched with thirst uh, uh, when water was brought to them they preferred their companions over themselves the first sent the uh, the water to the second the second to the third the third died and then they went back and in that order they found that all of them had had, had attained shahadat in the path of Allah Ta'ala. Uh, so he he just relegates this to a footnote, although it's actually part of the discussion. It's part the most important part of the discussion. He continues, he says, Amongst Banu Israel uh, there was a devotee who had served God for 400 years. One day he said, Lord, if you had not created these mountains, then wandering uh, for the sake of uh, uh, deen would have been easier for your servants. Siyaha, right? Now we translated it as tourism, but wandering for the sake for the sake of Allah Ta'ala, it would have been easier for your servants. Uh, this uh, 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 this devotee said this thing, and then the divine command came to the Nabi of his time to say to the devotee, "What business have you to interfere with my kingdom? Now you have interfered. I blot your name from the register of the blessed and inscribe it in the register of the damned." Upon hearing this, the the uh, devotee trembled with joy and bowed in uh, thanksgiving to, uh, bowed on the ground in thanksgiving the apostle said oh fool it's not necessary for you to bow in thanksgiving for damnation my thanksgiving said the devotee is not for damnation but because my name is at least inscribed in one of god's registers but oh, uh, uh, oh apostle i have a, a favor to ask of you say to god since you will send me to hell make me so large that my place will displace the sinful people of Tohid and let them go to paradise God commanded the apostle to tell this devotee that the probation which he had undergone was not for the purpose of humiliating him, but to reveal his state to the people. Uh, and that on the day of the resurrection, both he and those for whom he would had interceded would be in paradise. Again, the Rasulullah said, Hadithan haditha Bani wa Haraj. An Bani Israel wala haraj. Qala, you can tell the stories of Bani Israel, there's no haraj in them. The previous stories that Nicholson turned into a footnote are the proof that this story, at least the principle in it is sound, whether it happened or not. Uh, and that's, that's the point. Uh, the author then says, I asked Ahmed Hamadi of Sarakhs, uh, what was the beginning of his conversion? So they use this word conversion, although they were all born Muslims, or many of them were at any rate, but meaning from heedlessness to taking the path, you know, to taking the path to Allah Ta'ala, making it their life's goal to reach Allah Ta'ala. He replied, once I set out from Sarakhs and took my camels into the desert and stayed there for a considerable amount of time. I always wished to be hungry and would give my portion of food to others. Thinking of the words of Allah Ta'ala, uh, وَيُثِرُونَ عَلَىٰ أَنفُسِهِمْ وَلَوْ كَانَ بِهِمْ خصاصة, That they're the ones who prefer others to themselves even though poverty is their lot. These words were ever fresh in my mind. I had a firm belief in the path of the Sufis that somehow or another this would lead me to Allah Ta'ala. One day a hungry lion came from the desert. So this is kind of a miraculous thing that happened. He says, one day a hungry lion came from the desert and killed one of my camels and then ret- retired to uh, uh, the high ground and roared. The wild beasts in the air, beasts in the area all heard his roar and gathered around him. He tore the camel to pieces and went back to the higher ground without having eaten anything. The other beasts, fox, jackals, wolves, etc., all began to eat. And the lion had waited until they had all gone away. Then he approached in order to eat a morsel, but seeing the lame fox in the distance tarrying, he withdrew once more so that the newcomer could eat his fill. After that, he came and ate a morsel. As he departed, he spoke to me, uh, who had been watching from afar, and said, O Ahmed, the one who prefers another to himself and only food, such an act is worthy of dogs. A man sacrifices his life and his soul. When I saw this evidence, I renounced all my worldly occupations, and this was the beginning of my conversion. (laughs) Don't try this at home. (laughs) Start with food. If we have the maqam of a dog on the Day of Judgment, it's also a great maqam, mashallah. (laughs) But this is how Islam reached all of these different places. This is how the Mongols, like, trashed the Muslim world and still ended up becoming Muslims afterward. This is how you know, Islam overwhelmed the civilization of the Zoroastrians, this is the Vedic civilization, to, because of which the Hindus are still salty to this day. Right? They didn't force people to convert. They converted. The best of them converted on their own uh, because they saw these things. This is how the Christians, the, 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 the actual Christians, the actual Christians, the people of Egypt, the people of Syria, the people of Anatolia, uh, you know, this is how these people, the people of North Africa, this is how they, they entered into the deen is because Allah Ta'ala gave this madad. He made these things happen. Otherwise, this is not a normal thing. It doesn't happen normally. Ja'far al-Khuldi says one day when Abdul Hassan Nuri was praying to God in solitude, I went to overhear him, for he was very eloquent. He made dua, O oh Lord, in your eternal uh, knowledge and power and will, you punish uh, the people of hell uh, uh, whom you have created. If it is your inexorable uh, will to make hell full of mankind and you're able to fill hell with all of its limbos with me alone, uh, send them all to paradise. I was amazed by his speech, but I dreamed uh, then late thereafter that someone came to me and says, God bids you to tell Abul Hassan that he has been forgiven on account of his compassion for God's creature, uh, creatures and his reverence for God. Again, don't try this at home. We don't do these things. Obviously, Abul Hassan Nuri is not an Imam al Akhidah. We follow the Sunnah of the Prophet. وسلم, but the point is, is that these, these uh, sentiments that they had inside of their heart they were genuine sentiments. That a person should never desire another person to go to hell or make dua that another person went to hell. It's sufficient for us to know that the Rasul so, dealt with the worst of people and he never made that desire and he never harbored that sentiment. He was called Nuri because when he spoke in a dark room, the whole room was illuminated with the nur of his uh, spirituality. And by the light of the truth, he used to read the inmost uh, thoughts of his disciples so that Junaid said, Abul Hassan is a spy on the men of uh, the hearts of men. He's a jasus al qulub This is his particular doctrine. Uh, it is a uh, sound uh, principle uh, and uh, one of great importance in the eyes of those who have insight. Nothing is harder to a man than spiritual sacrifice, that they should sacrifice their own. Here he translated as spiritual sacrifice, meaning that they should sacrifice their own self. For the sake of another person, like everything that they have, whether it's material or whether it's uh, uh, immaterial. And to refrain from the object of his love. And God has made uh, this sacrifice the key to all good. He said, You shall never attain uh, righteousness until you give uh, of that which you love. When a man's spirit is sacrificed, of what value are his wealth and his health and his frock and his food? This is the foundation of tasawwuf. Uh, once a man came to Ruwaym Ruwaym was also a great sheikh in the time of Junaid. Once a man came to Ruwaym for direction, Ruwaym said to him, O oh, my son, the whole affair consists in sacrifice. If you are able to do this, it is well. And if you cannot, do not occupy yourself with the other futilities, the Torahat of the Sufis. Like all the other fancy talk, fancy dress, nice sibha and all that other stuff. Just don't waste your time with it. It's all bakwas. Sacrifice is the thing. If you can do it, then you'll get something out of this. If you can't, the rest of it, don't waste your time with the rest of it thinking you're going to get anywhere. Meaning, all except for sacrifice is futile. And God said, do not uh, call uh, dead those who are slain in the path of Allah. Nay, they are, verily, they are living. The shaheed Allah Ta'ala, forbid that you don't call them dead. I actually made this mistake just a couple of minutes ago, right? You don't say the person died, you say the person's shaheed. Uh, rather, they're with Allah Ta'ala, they're alive. Uh, but you do not perceive it. They're alive and they receive their uh, provision from Him. Eternal life is granted by spiritual sacrifice and renunciation of self-interest in fulfilling God's commandment and by obedience to His friends. But from the standpoint of ma'arifa of gnosis, preference and free choice are separation, and the real preference consists of union with God. For it is a true basis of self-interest and self uh, self abandonment. So this is the yin yang that your most full expression of self-interest is in abandoning your yourself because the spiritual world is inverted it's not like the the material world so long as the seeker's progress is connected with uh, acquisition it is pernicious meaning you try say i'm going to do this i'm going to do that you're on, on on unstable ground but when uh, uh, the attracting influence of the truth manifests dominion uh, on all of the, one's actions uh, all of his actions are confounded and he loses the power of expression nor can any name be applied to him or any description be given to him or anything imputed to him. On this subject, Shibli rahimullah ta'ala, Allah said in verse he says, I am lost uh, to myself and unconscious. My attributes are annihilated. Today I'm lost to all things, not remains but a forced expression. Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala make us lost to ourselves. Allah ta'ala give us uh, in exchange for ourselves something better uh, uh, that lasts forever and his pleasure. And so, Allahu Sayyidina Muhammad, and Allahu Akbar, Sayyidina